I need that though. Where's that wireless handheld mic at? What did y'all do with that? I need that one, yeah. Thanks. Well, today is an interesting day for us. One year ago, we started this church with no building and no people, no money. We still have two of those being true. <laughs> but uh, so my name is Joe Davis. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm really excited about today because it's going to be a different type of message. We're taking a break from Psalm 119 to celebrate this. And I just got to tell you something. First of all, before we get started, I want to, you know, the last six or seven weeks, I've been in a kind of a funk. As a family, we've gone through some things, you know, and then a lot of emotions. Then I was really sick this week. And, and so this, this celebration here, a lot of people had their hand in it, but I want to thank, which one do you want me to use? I keep using both. I want to thank Anna and Sienne for all the work they did getting the volunteers together. Un- unbelievable job they did, and it's uh, pretty amazing. And you guys doing all the food y'all put together. I've never tasted so many breakfast casseroles in my life. They're all, they got cheese and salt and meat in them. How can they be bad, right? So let me just talk a little bit about building three tents. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking right there with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is really good that we are here. If it's okay with you, I'd like to build three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Let me explain the historical context of this. Peter and James and John were thrilled about what they were experiencing. Jesus, Messiah, takes them on a mountaintop. And he's talking to Moses and Elijah, the two most revered patriarchs of the Jewish community. What they saw there was the pinnacle of Judaism. They felt like there is no way it can get any better than this right here, right now, at this time in this place. I mean, they were hanging out with Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And all they wanted to do was just stay there for a little while and enjoy the moment. So much so they wanted to set up a monument. They wanted to pitch camp. They wanted to celebrate for as long as they could. Jesus, it's really good that we're here. Can we just hang out? And Jesus makes it very clear to him that no, there's a lot more to accomplish. And some of it's going to be really hard. For example, one of our group is going to betray me. Peter, you're going to cut somebody's ear off. You're going to lie and say you don't know me. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die a horrible death. But then I'll be resurrected. And we'll start this new thing called the church. There was much left to be done. Much left to experience. Some of it good. Some of it bad. But ultimately, 
a huge victory. So let me just share you guys just from my heart. Don't tell anyone. This is a secret. (laughs) I wasn't sure I really wanted to have a one-year celebration. Honestly. I mean, I knew the team wanted to do it. I knew the church. And do I really, you know? I was thinking, wouldn't it be better for us just to do what we do each week? Not make a big deal. I mean, after all, think about this. And I'm not minimizing what we've accomplished, but we live in the strongest, most free, most prosperous, most church-friendly nation in the world. I mean, if you can't start a church here, you can't do it anywhere. It's easier here than anywhere else in the globe. So if you think about it that way, maybe it's not that big of an accomplishment. I mean, yes, it is. We've done a lot of work. It is an accomplishment. But celebrating our accomplishments isn't actually who we are, is it? Isn't that the opposite of what the grace life is really about? I mean, aren't we really supposed to celebrate what God is doing and what he will do? But then it occurred to me why I was wrong about that. Aren't you glad to hear that? I was wrong. The celebration is not about grace life being around for a year. It's not about what we've accomplished as a church in a comedy club with a bar out there. It's pretty crazy if you think about it. No, what we're celebrating is a year together forming supernatural, vulnerable, grace-centered relationships. What we're celebrating is what God is doing through grace in the hearts and lives of all of those in our midst. What we're celebrating is how he has brought this eclectic, diversified, strange, silly, sometimes sick in the head group (laughs) together in order to transform us, to redeem us, and make us more like him. So today we aren't celebrating one year of being an official church. I don't know what official means. We are celebrating how grace has brought us together from all different walks of life. We have used car dealers. We have lawyers. I mean, we got some of the worst of society right here. It's just a joke. It's just a joke, people. It's just a joke. We've got fired pastors galore. I mean, not kidding. There's about five of us in this room right now. Some of us three times over. Do I hear amen, Jeremy? Amen. Daryl? <laughs> See what I'm saying? But there's something supernatural about the relationships we have one another through this thing called grace. And we, for the first time, for a year, have actually been living, not the church life, but the grace life together. And that's what we're celebrating today. Not the accomplishment of one year of an organization, but one year of living the grace life together with all of its flaws, all of its frustrations, all of its victories, all of its pain, 
all of its joys, all of its excitement, all of its discouragement, all of its successes, and all of its failures. We are living that life together today. And it is grace given freedom to be able to be vulnerable in ways that we could never have been vulnerable before in our other churches. In a way that is frankly starting to surprise and inspire people when they look in. How are you guys doing that over there downtown at the comedy club and in the office and at nightlife? What are you doing? And how this vulnerable community founded upon this lifestyle called the grace life is having an impact on those within and within out. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to give a few examples. I'm going to have some people come up and I'm going to ask them a few questions. The first one is Nicole Anderson. Nicole, where are you at? Come on up, girl. Give her a hand. <laughs> Nicole is 142 weeks pregnant, so you can see. So just make sure she comes up here. Have a seat. Hold this up high so people can hear you, okay? So I've been so excited and thrilled to watch her grow uh, just in the time I've known her. So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions, and you just answer them however you feel, okay? Um, how did you hear about Grace Life, this unusual church? How did you hear about it? Um, I was originally invited to the Monday night uh, Grace Life Recovery meeting by an old friend of mine, uh, probably about six months ago, and then very shortly after, another friend of mine invited me to come on Sundays. And so you just were invited through, through one of our external ministries of Grace Life Recovery, and that's how you heard about this? Yes. Okay. So some of the ministries you've been involved in, your Grace Life experience, Grace Life Recovery also, obviously. I was regularly attending the Monday night meetings for quite a while, um, but because of how far along I am in my pregnancy at 150 weeks, it's been rough. <laughs> Uh, but I also have experience with the kids' ministry. My son just recently uh, started attending there, and my husband also is now going to the men's meetings. Wait, your husband? What's his name? Uh, Andrew Anderson, who I hey. actually met here at Grace Life. Here at Grace Life. Did you hear that? That's right. So I get some credit for that, right? Yeah, okay, technically. Good, good. Um, so just tell me a little bit about how Grace Life has helped you reshape your perspective on a relationship with God. Um, I grew up in church, and I never really felt, like, connected, I guess. I really understood a lot of uh, what I was learning, and I had a really hard time following most sermons. But I can say that, like, since I've started attending Grace Life every week, I have grown more in my walk with the Lord than I ever have before, and my faith is definitely much stronger than it's ever been before. Well, we can tell you that my faith is stronger because of the way you're growing. It's so inspiring to see a young person getting to understand, maybe for the first time, that intimate, real connection with Heavenly Dad that's not religious, but vulnerable and personal. So when you hear or see the word grace life, what does that mean to you? Because it's not a church name, right? It's a lifestyle. So what does that mean to you? Um... For me, it just, it really reminds me of how much grace God has shown me in my life uh, throughout my addiction and everything else that I've been through and since coming here um, and building relationships with uh, different people in this church family. It's really just helped me to open my eyes even more to see the grace that God has shown me in my life um, 
and really, just like I said before, just increased my faith a lot. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Give her a hand. Hey, flu bump. Flu bump. Yeah. All right, we're going to continue on. I have another person I want to invite up. Um, Hilda, where are you at? Come on up, girl. So, you, if you can make it up that one if you want, or you can come over here where the stairs are. I'd probably fall. <laughs> Whoa, come on through. Go down Grace the other one. Yeah, Grace Walk. Right. Okay. Hashtag. Here you go. All right. So, uh, we've known each other for a year. About a year. A year. So, this is a really interesting story. Tell us how you heard about Grace Life. I don't think we knew each other before Grace Life started at all. No, we didn't. Okay, so. Actually, I don't see him in the audience, but Chaz, um, he and I were mutual friends. Oh, they, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> he and I were mutual friends on Facebook through a shared like of uh, soda. So let me just Soda's make sure you understand soda. His name is Brandon Nadal, Sarasota. He was in my youth group at Covenant Life. He used to do rap music for me all the time, Christian rap music after I would preach. So I'm friends with Soda, too. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yes, I did. Okay, continue on. And so anyway, uh, the inaugural service, Chaz was, uh, man, he was promoting it like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And at the time in my life, I had kind of walked away from church. I I grew up Catholic and was really struggling with um, the things I had been taught my whole life. So I had been looking for a good non-denominational church. So I checked into Grace Life, and it said non-denominational. I'm like, cool. I'll go give it a shot, see what it's about. And I've been back just about every week since. Awesome. Um, what Grace Life ministries have you been connected with and involved with besides Sunday morning? Um, pri- primarily with uh, Tuesday night's Deep End. Um, woo! <laughs> we got some Deep End people here. Um, because it is, for me, <laughs> it sounds scary because it's called Deep End. But for me, it's, it's such a safe haven because you go there and there is no sense of judgment by anyone. You know, everyone is welcome. And you get to ask him all the hard questions you will never ask anyone else. And most of the time he'll answer them or he'll just throw candy at you, one or the other. <laughs> so. so tell me a little bit about what it's meant for you, what Deep End has meant for you as far as taking you from one step, one level of relationship with God to another. Um, what it's, well, what it's done for me personally, uh, this is probably the first time in my life I have, um, excuse the term religiously, read my Bible. I, I read it every day. I read at least one verse every day. Um, Joe's uh, ability to, to encourage a thirst for knowledge of God, not just obligation, religious obligation, but a, thir- a true thirst for truth. Um, has been incredible and enlightening, and I live my life in a way that I've never lived before, in a good way, <laughs> that I've never <laughs> lived before. So. I've seen an amazing growth in you just in the, in the year that I've known you. And so what would you say are the biggest um, uh, things, well, well, let me just ask you, how specifically has being a part of Grace Life helped you grow in your understanding of God and His Word? What specific things have helped you understand besides obviously attending deep in and Sunday morning, but is there anything else about grace life that's helped you grow? It's it's helped me grow because it hits, um, for those of you in the room who may have grown up Catholic, you, you grow up in the sense that you can't be vulnerable. 
you you know you can't be close to God and be vulnerable all at the same time. And Grace Life has taught me the exact opposite: that we can be vulnerable. My pastor can be vulnerable, um, which I don't know for you, but that was probably the most refreshing thing to see. Um, you mean a pastor that's sinful, really sinful? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say I'm, your, I'm your man if that's what you want. <laughs> I got you covered. But go ahead. I didn't say that. No, no I said no, it. Okay, okay. I said it. But it's thanks. I just lost my train of thought. Um, but what, you, what was the question? I don't know. <laughs> the things, the biggest, uh, the uh, the things that have helped you grow in your in your understanding uh, of God and His Word. Um, the the things is the the fellowship here. Um, I, I was sharing with Joe one of the one of the, the first time I walked in here that first service, I sat down and I looked around and the first thing I said was this is what a church is supposed to look like. There were people all ages, all walks of life, some dressed up, some like me dressed in jeans, some like my daughter dressed in shorts, you know, and, um, you know, and it was but every nobody judged, everybody was accepting of everyone. Um, and every smile was genuine. So, thank you so much. You I heard. appreciate it. Come in. There we go. Walk that way. Yeah. Okay. So those are two really good ones. I know a lot of you had not met Nicole and uh, Hilda before. I thought it'd be good for you to hear from them. Now I'm going to go a little different route here. Uh, I'm going to ask somebody who hasn't been a part of Grace Life very long at all. Matter of fact, they haven't been a part of Sarasota very long at all. Uh, Jeremy, where are you at? Is he still here? Did you leave? Okay, good. Come on up. Guys, give Jeremy a hand. Health coach, he can go up without the stairs. Thanks for showing off. I appreciate it. So, all right. So first thing, Jeremy, I just want, to, want you to tell us a little about you and your family and, and what you did for a living before you got to Sarasota. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm one of the fired pastors, and uh, <laughs> not really. I left before that happened. But um, my name's Jeremy. I've got. I'm married. My wife Jocelyn is in the back there. We've got our our oldest son is his name's Cameron. He is in uh, Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona. So he's a freshman out there. Our daughter's a sophomore at um, Sarasota High, and then our youngest son he just turned 14. And he is at McIntosh Middle School. So, yeah, I, I uh, used to be a worship pastor, so I've been in ministry for, for quite a while. Like 16, 17 years, something like that? Yeah, right around there. Okay. Full-time, probably for about seven. And how long have you been in Sarasota? We've been, we moved in Saras- to Sarasota in August. So August 1st is, is, is when we came. And so, yeah, so, 30, just in time for, you know, hurricanes. Hurricanes. <laughs> you, were here, all that, you were here for like three weeks. Stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And so here's the funny thing. So, right, so now you start getting these warning signs about it might be a cat four, you know, cat five. We don't know. And, you know, I said, okay, this guy's from Indiana. He doesn't know what in the world he's in for. So I said, are you guys doing okay? He says, I think so. I said, well, let me, let me send you this hurricane checklist. And then the next day I check with him. He says, yeah, we're leaving town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I see posts from Joe. He's like, hey, I'm getting a little worried now. I'm like, okay, this guy's been around for a while. If he's getting worried. Maybe we should a little bit. So, yeah, we did. So I, I met Jeremy through a mutual friend that I had through, uh, through college. He and, uh, he and uh, uh, my friend Greg had been known each other for a long time. And Greg came and visited here in the summer. And he found out Jeremy was moving. Jeremy, he told Jeremy to come try out Grace Life. And 
Um, family's been a huge blessing. You have a unique perspective to offer us because first of all, you're brand new in town. You're brand new in part of this. Um, what would you say makes Grace Life unique in your church experience? Yeah, I, I think um, one of the things that, that did draw me here, yeah, Greg, Greg, Greg told me about it, um, but I remember going on the website and seeing the, it was the January 1st message that you had and just saying, okay, this is, these are what our values are. And I, for me, that was one of the things that really drew me to this, at least to checking this out, because um, you know what, there are a lot of churches that'll say what their values are, but they don't really I mean, it's, it's, it's a good sign to have on the wall. But um, for here, the, the things that really drew me here was um, you're mobile. Like, you're not locked in to um, this, this building is what defines us. This space is what defines us. You're not locked into that. And you're really pushing against those things. Um, organic. Just, just being able to say, you know, what, what are the needs that Sarasota has? What are, what are the needs that our community have? And let's lean into those things. Let's embrace those things. Not, let's not create a bunch of things that, you know, other, the church down the road's doing, but let's really lean into what we are seeing, what we are feeling that our community needs. And you guys are leaning into that. You're biblical. I mean, I'm just hearing um, from everybody that has spoken. Yeah, actually, the first week we came, uh, Megan spoke, and, you know, I'm, I'm a... I grew up in a Baptist church. I'm like, oh, oh great, woman speaking. I don't know about, <laughs> about this. And uh, I got to tell you, it was awesome. And everything's kind of been a little downhill since then. But um, just kidding. It's been good. Um, but, you know, you guys, you guys are holding fast to what the Word of God says and applying it here in this context. And, and then the idea of just you want to be giving. You want to um, take the resources that come in whether they're big, whether they're small, and use them for the kingdom of God. And you know what? Um, I, a lot of churches, you know, they'll, they'll speak those things, but I don't really see, see a lot of that lived out. Um, a lot of it is. And I'm not, I don't know churches around here, so I'm not knocking any, any We're the church only one. here. Absolutely. We're the only one in town. But, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, just being able to do that and say, this is, this is who we are. This is what we're going to push back against all these other things that are going to keep us from, from that. I think that's really one of the unique things that, that I've seen and, and being able to go to uh, Grace Life Recovery and just that, that's a unique ministry and you guys you guys are just loving on people and that community is loving on each other and that is it's incredible um, that's what our community needs so so what would you say I mean maybe you highlighted a couple of them but the last question I have for you is if you just maybe highlight one or two of our big from your perspective one or two of our biggest strengths and maybe one or two of our biggest challenges going forward that you see just and and there's a reason why I'm not making this all, you know, all roses, all right? Because we do have some challenges. So I just wanted to see what you thought about maybe a couple of our biggest strengths and a couple of our biggest challenges. Yeah, so far what I've seen, some of the biggest strengths are, um, like I said, Grace Life Recovery, just seeing that and seeing people pouring into each other has been incredible. So just, just keep after that. Um, I, I gotta be honest, your, your band is incredible. You guys um, do, an, do an incredible job every week. Megan does a great job. Just directing hearts towards God and, and what's going on there. Um, you know, some of the biggest struggles that, I, you know, I just want to, um, coming from where I came from over the last year and a half, um, just stuff that's fresh and raw in my heart that I just want to encourage you as a church to really push against. And the first thing I would say is complacency. You know, um, I think John Maxwell says, you know, if there's anything a leader should fear, 
that would be complacency. You know, success can bring complacency and complacency leads to failure. And you know, we, we can come here and we can celebrate, <coughs> hey, we, we made it a year and this is good and we love it and just say, you know, let's just, let's just continue just coasting and, and, and riding on, on, on what got us here. And I think if we do that, church and, and leaders, if, if we do that, we're, we're, we're going to lead, it's, it's going to lead us to failure. So that would be the one thing that I would say is um, those things that, those, those values that you have instilled, um, don't be complacent about those things, but just continue to push forward in those things um, and just continue to, to push on that. And I think the second thing is just, the, uh, if, if I can just to share my heart, just a, uh, a consumeristic mindset. I think is very easy to, to lead into and to fall into. Um, you know what? We're all here. The room is, is pretty full. There aren't many empty chairs. And we can say, you know what? This is good. I'm just going to continue to come and hear a great band, hear some great messages, even though it's all Old Testament stuff. But, uh, you know, we, we, can, we can do that. And, um, and it can become, we can just fall into that trap of, of being consumers. And I just... I want to encourage us all just to push against that and say, you know what, God, what do you have for me? What, how can I get plugged in? How can I become involved? And um, just, just push against those things. And let me just say one more thing. Um, here's what I've, I have seen. You know, I don't know where we fit in well here. I don't, I don't know what that would look like for us in the future. But here's what I have seen. Um, I have had an opportunity to meet with a number of your staff um, Joe just had me over to his house and just, hey, this is who I am. Been able to talk with Megan, a little bit uh, with, with Daryl and Chris, and just see the hearts of the leaders here. And I want to tell you, Grace Life, you guys have um, an incredible group of leaders that love God, that are authentic. And I'm telling you, that is not the norm, okay? You would think that should be the norm in churches. But that is not always the norm. So um, I want to commend these guys. I want to commend the staff, the, the shepherds. Um, a couple of them I've met, Nehemiah. Just incredible people that are passionate after Christ. And uh, so love that. Embrace that. Um, we're all sinners. But, um, I, so I've appreciated your uh, vulnerability, authenticity. And uh, it's, it's been needed for me as, as, we, as we've come here. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, All right, so why did I ask uh, Jeremy some of those questions about our challenge? I'm just going to read a verse to you, and then I'm going to bring up Nehemiah. Why don't you come up while I'm reading this? So come on up. Um, Philippians 3, 12 to 16. Here's what Paul says. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind And straining forward to what lies ahead, I pressed on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. And what Paul says is, we don't have time to glory in the past. We have to move forward. Now, I know we're just a little bit over time today, but he's got a lot of muscles, so you better listen to him. 
But I'm going to ask uh, Nehemiah just a few questions. Tell us about how you grew up. By, Nehemiah is one of our shepherds. Uh, he's been credible here in this church. Been a blessing to me. I think you might have been the third person I recruited. Maybe. Maybe second. I don't know. Megan was number first number one draft pick. But then after that. But just <laughs> tell us a little bit about how, how you grew up. Oh, I'll give you this. Because I want to meet you. this? Everybody hear me? I had to write all this down, so I'm going to be reading from this. So, um, anyways, um, I grew up in the church with parents who loved me and taught me what it meant to be a follower of Christ. Um, but it quickly became uh, or turned into a performance-based religion opposed to a true relationship with Christ through the Holy Spirit. I was so consumed with the guilt and shame of my sin and desperately trying to control how people saw me as it relates to being a Christian that I was missing the whole point behind Jesus dying on the cross for me. Our freedom is in our relationship with, um, with Christ. Galatians 5.13 says, For you are called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. God calls us to a life of freedom in him. Well, you shared with uh, me in the, uh, that as you've gotten older, your theology has kind of changed more towards a reform side of the house, kind of what we embrace here. Um, when did that change and why? Let's see. Uh, my theology has changed over the years uh, as a direct result of what God has done in my heart through Scripture and also through a lot of heartache and pain in my life um, and losing people that are close to me. Another, another way that God has showed me uh, his word and is um, going from being single to getting married and having children, thinking that you have all the answers to life, and then having the opportunity to be responsible and realizing that I'm a complete failure. And I was failing at that. Uh, so Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. My attitude used to be that God was going to go after the wicked and the sinful until I understood what this verse meant. It took me a long time to realize the depth of my <coughs> sin and my wickedness. This verse was talking to me. The first part of this verse is written, written so well. It pierced my soul and showed me the depth of my sin and the depth of my wickedness. And it turned me, and in turn made me look at others with humility and mercy and love opposed to judgment and condemnation. Which then allowed me to start loving people the way Christ called us to. So, um, what would you say um, grace life would, it's probably not the type of church you and Meredith would normally consider attending. Is that what I understand? Like, so tell me, uh, never mind as a leader even, but um, I'm talking simply about just actually coming to a church like Grace Life. Tell me about how that came about, how you came to be a part of this and, and why it wouldn't be a type of church in the past you would have thought about being a part of. Um, no, Grace Life would not be my first choice. There's a list of churches and, and who they were and what they're all about. If I, if I were to have to pick from a list. Um, I hate the fact that you wrote this down in detail like that, by the way. But, I, 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 but don't, I don't shoot from the hip. Go i got to be prepared. i got too much anxiety. Um, Tim Keller once said, Church is a place for the sick, not a museum for Christians. 
Um, Grace Life is not perfect. But it is a place where you can feel comfortable knowing that we're all in this together. Life was meant for us to share in the good and the bad, and that's why I'm here. And I'm encouraged by all your guys' authenticity. What made you say yes to helping Grace Life and becoming a leader? Like, what was it that kind of pushed you over the edge? Because this is before you even met any of these people. It's true. Um, yeah, all, yeah, this, a, lot of, a, lot of the, a lot of these questions I'm, I'm, I'm answering because of the time that I've spent with you guys. Um, um, I said yes to Grace Life because we're, you know, the, the real answer is we were looking for a church at the time, um, but I knew God was calling me to serve. Hmm. Um, but church is not a place... Um, church is not a place I show up to on Sunday once a week for an hour and go home. Church is my family. Church is what Meredith and my daughter Tegan and my daughter Jade and myself do every day. When we sit down together at the end of the day and it's been a long day and we make time to meet with each other, read scripture together, pray together as a family to encourage each other on the good days and the bad and to get our strength from the word of God because we can't get through this life without it. When I say that this is my church, you're my family, and we're, we're all connected spiritually. And that's, that's what church is. Church is not something we come to on Sunday. You guys are my family. So, just, you want to bring that up now? Or, um, so, I, I did want to. Okay, yeah. Okay, so go, good. Uh, the last question is about looking where we are as a church today. Uh, what encouragement would you like to give to the people that are in the room right now? So, you know, just encourage them. Um, Church is not a building. It's not a person. It's not the, the, way, the way that we do certain things. Our Christian walk, our church, is about glorifying God. And in doing so, we are filled with the joy of our Heavenly Father. And that joy transcends any and all problems we have. I would encourage all of you to be accountable to each other. What does that mean? It means taking the time to meet new people. It's taking the time to open up to your brothers and sisters and asking people for prayer. So I would encourage you all to come to church with an open heart, ready not only to receive, but to give of yourselves. And that will bring us a joy in our heart that we are all seeking in our lives. A perfect example of this accountability is the men's group we just started. Des, Blake, Andrew, Chuck, and Mike. These guys are committed to growing. After one week, I already know that God is blessing me with new friends in Des, Andrew, Blake, Chuck, and Mike. Um, Connor and June, I've met only twice uh, and only talked to maybe a couple minutes. Um, But those short conversations, um, Connor and June over there um, have blessed me. They're encouraging. They're humble. They love other people, and you can see it, and you don't need to talk to them long to realize that. And those are those conversations that we build over time, walking up to people and introducing ourselves to people. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. So you want to bring – so we're going to – Matt's going to come up now. Is is that right? And Matt and and Nehemiah are going to give you some some insights and instructions, and we're going to take an offering at some point. Is that true? Oh, yeah, we got to do, do that. We have to do an offering at some point. So. We need that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you got Matt's another one of our shepherds. Give him a hand for coming up. I'll let you guys take it from here, okay?
so there's a couple things. Um, there's a couple things that that we got going on here um, that we'd like to talk about. Um, Pleasure to help my brother. Yeah, remember, I appreciate it. remember to ask people for money. Dig yes. deep. So, <laughs> dig deep. Dig dig. While we're talking about cough. this, if if uh, we could get the offering ready, thank you guys. Thank you, Jim. Um, so there's a couple things I want to talk to you about that we want to talk to you about. One of them is the um, the ministries in the church. Um, we are we are slowly but surely getting started with with ministries here in the church, um, and they're in the bulletin. Um, we're thankful to Brian Yost for, um, the material and the encouragement that he's brought us. Um, I'm so grateful for material that we don't really have to prepare for. Everything is there for us and it's a huge encouragement to us. So we're grateful for that. We've got 20 men, um, in four or five different groups that are, that are, um, jumping into this. Um, and I want to encourage all of you guys that our ministries are going to continue to grow. Um, so if you have any questions about ministries, um, you can talk to myself, Matthew, um, Cien, uh, Joe, Megan. You can talk to any of us uh, to find out what's going on or, or what you're interested in. Um, but I'd like Matthew to talk about um, an opportunity to serve here as well. Yeah. It's pretty simple, right? I mean, we're doing really good. Um, the Lord has blessed us in that way, and this is a, a great day to, to give thanks to the Lord. Um, it, it, it's sim- the simplicity is um, basically connect, serve, and grow. And how do you do that? Well, you connect by serving, right? Introducing yourself, and there's always room. And, and, and I want to put a big shout-out for all the volunteers that have made this church work over the last year. Super, super, super job. Hands up. That's, that's what makes this church unique. And, you know, we're always looking for other people to, to help out with some of the things that we, we need to do. And for those of you that have been continuing to volunteer, find somebody. Teach them what you do. Introduce yourself. Because we can always use some interchangeable parts. Maybe you're, maybe you're ready to do something else. You've mastered your, your task and you have something else to do. So, like uh, Nehemiah said, just reach out to us and, t- and, and see if there's something that you can fit in and do for the church. Because without you guys, we won't have a church, right? Yeah. And I, I want to, again, thank our, our pastor and, and our band. It's just been an amazing uh, place to, to worship, and I'm very thankful to be with you guys. All right, brothers and sisters, thank you. Uh, Let me pray, and then we're going to stand and sing one more song together. God.